can we really fire Todd Downing after week one? How on earth does Jerome Bogus still have a job? And what's the difference between shorts and trousers? This is the Transatlantic Titans podcast. Standing on the arrowhead at Arrowhead. Brinkley to snap. Turn to hold. Snap. Set. Kick on the way. Good! One safety in this half. Drive starts at the one and looking for a little breathing room and they get that in. Plenty more. Derek Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Unbelievable. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to start with an apology, I'm afraid. We had some technical issues with the recording and you will find that the sound of me isn't very good. Um, so apologies for that. Hopefully the content makes up for it. Um, here is me somewhere in the past sounding not as good as this. Welcome everyone. I'm Adam. I have got well, our, our founder, Neil Donahoe, is here. How are you doing, Neil? Oh, bad guys. Uh, it seems, feels like ages since I've been on, but I did enjoy everything uh, you guys did over the last few weeks. <laughs> off-season preview pod and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's good to be back. It's all good fun in the off-season when we don't have any real, actual, depressing football. <laughs> yeah. Um, Harry Mulby's here. How are you doing, Harry? Yeah, always, always good. Can't complain too much. Just uh, a bit of a rough night on Sunday, wasn't it? But I'm sure we'll get into that in a couple of moments. I fear we might be. Um, Miles Tarry is here as well. Um, how are things with you, Miles? Yeah, I'm not feeling super randy this week, but um, fantasy football went really well at the weekend, so that's all Nobody good. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine a world where the Titans lose, but I win a fantasy matchup and that cheers me up. Like, seriously, come on, come on. Welcome to my life. <laughs> well, if that cheers you up, then good, good for you and uh, and your positive mood. Um, but wow, it was just, it was probably the start some of us feared. Well, we all feared because we're Titans fans and we we know this kind of thing can happen. But New York Giants at home should be that nice cushy start. Um, but it happened, didn't it? Greg was out there at Nissan Stadium watching it getting. Probably even angrier because you've made the trip, um, but uh, yeah, not not the best, not the best start by any means. Uh, before I forget, before I go to any of any of you guys, um, Greg had sent some thoughts that I well maybe we can we can react to some of his opinions as we go. Um, yeah, he's asked if you can get across for me the following in my absence. Um, we're all foreplay before before thumbing in a semi. Nice, Greg. Yeah. Um, love that. Um, Todd Downing can <laughs> off. Um, thanks for making me now edit this. Um, until he does, we won't be contenders. Never seen an OC ride off a running back to Copedale so much. Yeah, Todd Downing, we're going to get to that. As elite as our defence is, that second half was dross, especially against the run. Boger and his crew are laughable. Not even biased, just sh- We'll win games this year, there's no doubt, but it'll be rocky until the bye week. Finally, get rid of the who run it. Nonsense. It's actually quite tragic, especially when we get. Greg's in a good mood. 
I was gonna say that could have been you could have literally read that out and it wouldn't have been difficult for for us to guess who was that a quote from, let's be honest. Um shall shall we start? I mean it, it's it felt like one of those games where there were ten reasons that we lost, and maybe if only a couple of them had happened, we wouldn't have done. Uh, but just a, a combination of lots of silly little things going going against us. Um I think we need to start with the, the play calling, don't we? Uh, Harry, I'll go to you. I mean, you had well, you had to respond far quicker than we're doing right now with your car takes. Um, has your mood improved? And um, what do you think about our offensive coordinator and some of those calls? Yeah, I mean, um, it was something that we highlighted even going into last season that he was probably the best choice for us going into the season. And he just makes calls that really frustrate you. If you're running backs, one of the best in the league, you just ride him on the third and one and hope for the best. Um, it's just, you know, not targeting Robert Woods and Burks as much as they should. Carl Phillips looked great, but realistically, he shouldn't be our number one receiving threat alongside Hilliard. And uh, that was the way that the, the game went and Swain, which uh, just... Yeah, things that blow your mind up when you think you've got Hooper, who's not really getting a, a look in during the game. Um, so just a, a massively frustrating game, really, to watch from an offensive point of view, because it really should have been sewn up by by the half, and we we let them stay in it, and that's what teams will do in the NFL: get come back in and punish you for that. It felt felt like a lot of third down conversions weren't happening and we were doing quite well at getting to third and manageable that was what made it even more annoying I don't think first and second down were too bad all day as it goes Henry was being used okay um, in those in those downs and sort of picking up five or six every now yeah, here, here and there that seemed to be doing the job but yeah why 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 don't we ever use him in those short yardage short yardage downs it, it it beats me. Um, Miles, what was the one moment that you want to have back from the game? Well, I mean, there are many. But... I was going to say, can I have many? I don't know. I think there was, there, was a third and, there was a third and one where we handed it off to our tight end rather than what should have just been a, a run up the middle with Henry. Um, our tight I end think... was that. What's Austin Hooper, presumably. Oh, um, uh, well. Listen, the fact that... The fact that they were talking about Schwain, the reason that he plays is he's our best blocking tight end, but then he ends up being the tight end with the most receptions is just, you know, there's there's some logic for you. Um, I mean, the touchdown that they scored on, I was, now I mixed the two up very well. Was it on Farley or was it on Fulton? Was it on Farley? Fulton was the big touchdown. Fulton. Again, it's a lack of, a lack of, I mean, Harry's our DB expert, but um, to me, it was poorly played. And again, these are little things where in this sort of league you can get punished quite easily. And it happened well, very two, quickly. There were two things with that play. One, it was a blown coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then after that, he fails. He also fails to make the tackle. Uh, yeah, it's like he panicked. Yeah. Like he realised he made a mistake and was like, oh, I need to. And then it was just pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Um, I think we all said, we knew what the Giants were. I mean, if, if we're going to try and flip a little bit, Barkley looked impressive, but our front line was getting to Jones very easily. So they turned to the run. 
of which our linebackers then didn't step up and actually attack. It was it was one of them that you could sort of see it coming slowly, which I think when we were up 13 nil up or whatever it was, and it was just like, they're the sort of games where, right, hand the ball off to Henry and start running out the clock and killing this game off, which most, like, capable coordinators would have been able to do, and then you start for overcomplicating the things. It's like, this sport can be very easy at times, where when you have a lead, to not blow a lead, just make sure the opposition doesn't have the ball very often and not for a long time. And instead, we try and do little trick wildcat plays and handing off to tight ends when we should just be plowing up the middle. I mean, Henry ended up with like an average of like 3.9 or something over 20-odd carries, which isn't particularly good. And again, to be honest, it is a bit of a show of what our line was like, where Hilliard was much more effective because the line couldn't create gaps. So we were having to force the ball wide and do other plays to make it work all round. It was just a bit of a a poor shonen truth. So I know you asked for one example and it does come back to the coordinator and the plays were calling, but a lot of the plays were overcomplicated for what they needed to be when we had a lead. Um, Neil, where are your where are your thoughts at? Um, who are you or who or what are you most angry at? I think I think truth is it was a quite a strange day because there were a few positives from the game which like prior to to the start of, of the season. I was quite worried about um, Van Hill being one. I thought he played quite well. Yeah. Uh, offensive line were very serviceable, which is an improvement for us because last year they were, they were trash, basically. Um, I thought McCreary played well. Um, but Caleb Farley didn't. So it's like you give, give with one hand and it's taken away with the other. I for what it's um, worth, it might not be much. I don't think Caleb Farley's a hundred percent fit. No, no, and and I don't think he can be. Um, I think Maybe. we'll we're discussing uh, what's up on Sunday. I think he'll probably need six or seven games uh, before he's actually on field, snap to snap. Um, but I don't know. I think it's. I think Caleb Farley's a prime example of, of bad decisions roster wise that are now. I think probably mounting up where last season, for instance, we lost the opener to Arizona. And uh, you, we always had that feeling that we could totally flip that and go and beat a really good team. Uh, and Titans were kind of a sort of a boom or bust team who had that ability to surprise. I, I'll be honest, I, I just don't think it's there this year. I think we've regressed. I think we're so... I don't know. I, I just think... I don't know if you guys agree, but I just think there's something flat about the roster, I don't think it's it's exciting anybody. It's, it screams like a 500 football team to me, and I think that will borne out because I think that's exactly what the Giants are as well. Uh, which, like a one point difference between the two teams, is probably indicative of, of where they both are, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree. I, I don't think it's as good as a year ago. I, I, I no. agree with you there, but I, I don't. I don't, this is where I'm probably going to disagree with you. I don't necessarily put the blame for that at J-Rob and the management. Yeah. I, th- I think, think the um, that thing was, my gut, my gut feeling is it's, it's sort of beyond our control. I think he just decided that he, like he, want, he wanted paid, which is fine. His pay warranted that, he deserved it. But I just think he decided that Something had gone sour, and he what he wanted out. He whatever it took, and that that's just my my vibe from it all. 
and I don't think we'll, we may never know what conversations happened or what the actual offers were. It seems like a different version of events every five minutes, or it did. Um, but he, he got the move that I think he wanted. I think he wanted to go and uh, play with, with Joan and Hertz. Um, so I think I kind of feel that if that's true, the front office probably did all they could to mitigate it and make that trade with the Eagles, get that 16th pick, say, right, okay, we can't do anything about this. Let's, let's draw a line under it. Try and draft something that might be similar. It's clearly not yet, but it could be in time. Apart from that, I feel that the last couple of years, we obviously, we obviously went after Clowney two years ago, we went after Julio last year, which, which we just discussed the death. Um, of course, he came up with a few flashy plays for the Bucks, didn't he? But we'll cross over that. Uh, but I, I don't know if there's a, a bit of knee-jerk from those two big names that we, we went and got. Neither worked out. Maybe there's a reluctance to make that mistake and be a bit more conservative. But I don't know if that's I don't know if that's right or not. But it, it feels like if we did have a Super Bowl window that it came earlier than we thought. And it's it's quietly closing. I, I, I don't know. I, don't, you, you... I just think I try to get into like the psychological reason why Todd Downing like calls games like he does, uh, and, and like sort of why why he sort of calls games as if we've got like eight or nine deep skill players and he can spread people out and regardless of which one of these eight or nine mythical skill players he targets. They're all going to win their individual matchups because he does coach games like that. How many times in money downs has he, he tried to put the hands, uh, put them all in the hands of players that are, you know, deep guys on the roster and not as not as main players? I do wonder if some of that is coming from the top, though. I do wonder if Rabel and John Robinson think that there is no sort of hierarchy in the team and everybody competes and the the best guy on the day will get the ball. <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird when you, you watch, I mean, that, that third down, you know, nothing against Chiga Conquo, but it's his first ever game. Uh, but I, I think you could put anyone in that position and call that play and it gets blown up. Um, there was one, there was the, the Wildcat direct snap to Derek Henry that he dropped. That's a first down if he doesn't drop that snap. Now, it might seem an overcomplicated play call, yeah. but ultimately he, he can't drop the snap. And the, right. There was one that was a, a screen pass to Hilliard that was dropped as well, that I recall that, you know, again, bad execution, but hey, you could, you could argue, why is it Hilliard that we're going to on a, on a, a key third down? Yeah, when um, you've, you've obviously, you've, you've took on Robert Wood's contract, you've used a high pick on Burks, gave Austin Hooper a fair amount of money, Derek Henry's like, one of the best paid running backs in the league. Do you know what I mean? Like these are that's where we've put us money in the roster, and, and those are the players that essentially we're relying on to win us games. I mean, I, I'll give a, a shout out to a blog I was reading called Cork Bats, uh, and he was like not sort of defending Todd Downing. I think his his overall impression was that Downing weren't good enough. But the 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 third and one the the sweep, both Kyle Phillips and Taylor Long get absolutely blown up. Everybody on Giants' side of the ball knows that that ball's going to Henry. So his intention to switch things up to try and get a first down was the right thing to do. And Downing sort of can't help the fact that Kyle, Kyle Phillips blows his assignment and Taylor Lewan's nowhere to be seen. 
So I, I sort of get that, but it's it's just happened too much. It's sort of a trend now. I get I get using trickery, like do what sometimes you've got to do what the opposition doesn't expect you to do, and that 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 could work. And that we've seen that work. I don't know how many times. Not Sunday, but we've seen it work in the past where Tannehill keeps it. You know, that that little bootleg that he does, uh, but like you can't do what the opposition doesn't expect on every single key play, right? Yeah, and that, and that how, is kind of what he is doing. Like, how often have we said Derek Henry? Like, teams know what he can do, yet still can't stop him. What's what's the harm in running him up so it's between the tackles, whatever, whatever running play you you choose, just basic ISO, whatever. Um, and you know, teams can't stop that nine times out of ten. Yeah, and if they do, they do. At least you've gone with what you think's your best chance to win at the line. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know. Um, I, I want to get into this a little bit more before, well, before we move on about um, the roster and where, well, where, where have we gone wrong if we have? I mean, as, as I say, I kind of, I still, like probably a lot of Titans fans do, kind of trust in J-Rob. I know you you feel a bit differently on this. I, I just think, personally, I just think too much of the cap space, too much of the money in, in our roster is sort of not in places that helps you win how the league is today. And I, I hate the fact that every team's a copycat, but it is kind of a copycat league. And and we've like sort of sunk a load of money into big offensive linemen, big defensive linemen and running backs. And and uh we've we've we haven't overpaid Tannehill because at the end of the day, yeah, if you get a even a decent starting quarterback these days, you've got to pay him to keep him in the building. But I feel like we could there could be more of the money in us in our roster or our cap in, in skill positions, in invested into players that can hurt teams because it's fine keeping teams down to below 20 points, but we look anemic going the other way. We don't look like we're going to score that amount of points either. Yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> it, it felt there were points left on the field all over the place on Sunday. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think if you were a Giants fan, you would say that. Um, they've won that game by a point and they were by the skin of their teeth and they were lucky to, to do that. I don't think that it wasn't as if the Giants made similar errors on key no. points. I don't think they did. They just didn't have the opportunities because we're, we're a better football team, ultimately. Yeah. And that's, so, and that's ultimately because his defence is good. Yeah, yeah. But I still think offensively we should have scored more than 20 points. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, if, if you feel we've not invested in our skill positions enough, that's one thing. I feel that we haven't used the skill position players we've got. Like we're not, we're throwing the ball to Jeff Swain instead of Traylon Burks, Austin Hooper, Robert Woods. Robert Woods, yeah. Woods, what targeted once, twice, something like that. Yeah. You, this is he should be our best receiver, and we're not, we're not using him. We're not even used. Well, it sounds ridiculous given everything. I don't feel we used Henry enough. I mean, Robert Woods throughout his career has been one of those guys that force the ball to him, give him 10, 11, 12 targets. It's not like no, him it, and Burks were making mistakes. Yeah. And, Robert Woods yeah. is not an explosive receiver. Robert Woods is a volume receiver. And he always has been. Okay. Um, just have a quick look at 
our Twitter because I don't know who posted it. Brian, I think, did, but he's not here. He just he didn't want to hear our opinions. He wanted to hear better ones instead, but um, asked for some questions that we can get to. Neil Hayward, uh, why are they not using Burks enough already? He was beating the Giants' DBs comfortably. Harry, uh, I, I mean, we've kind of touched on it. Have you got anything... <laughs> Any more insight or possible reason for this? I, I just think it was the way that the game plan went. And uh, going into the second half, I, I consistently always think don't go conservative. And we always tend to go more conservative for absolutely no reason. And it might just be the way that, that they scheme it up. Like, like you said, there might not be that hierarchy, but at the end of the day, then there needs to be that in a team sport. There needs to be a, a Steph Curry or Cooper Cup or somebody that you've going to go to in big spots and, and trust them to make the play and yeah we, we should be feeding his, him a, a little bit more and, and Woods in my opinion but we'll see if they've learned their lesson come Monday night yeah we'll, we'll find out um, Phil Speed says what are we all surprised by the usage and underperformance to a core team in week one this is just as much our identity as running the ball on first down Miles <laughs> um, can we well, we, yeah, if this is, this is our identity, we lost in week one a year ago, uh, but we bounced back quickly. Can we bounce back this time? We all know the most Titans thing is now beating Buffalo next week. It, mm. it, and let's be honest, if you're a betting man, I wouldn't be far away from doing the bet. Next week, we are going to have to rely on the receivers a lot more because Buffalo will score points. And we are going to need to be able to score many points. And Henry can have a great game, but we are going to need to see more from the receivers next week. I think with the Giants, I agree with Harry. The game plan just, we got a 13-0 lead. And then it's like, technically, unless you're a team like the Chiefs, where you're going to start riding with the throwing game and scoring lots of points, that's what we do as the Titans. We would try and run the game out. So I do think there is the element of that. But I also agree with Neil that with receivers, especially so early in the season, it's all about confidence. There's nothing wrong with quick checkdowns to Woods and Burks because they are both players very capable of getting a couple of yards. Woods isn't as explosive as some of the players out there, but like you said, volume is what he needs. And yeah, I think, listen, we lost first game last year and then we went on to, you know, win the uh, number one seed in the AFC. So anything can happen. I think it's more the fact of how we how we lost. It was, it was the Giants. No one really expected anything from them. Granted, we were one field goal away from this being a, we won, Let's look at a couple of the negatives, but I think some of it is what we were saying before. It's just execution. We've had a drop on a, a punt. We've had a couple of fumbles, a couple of drops, and it's at the times when the worst time for it to happen is when it's happened. Obviously, Phillips dropped the ball near our goal line, and then they went on to score straight away. And in the third and ones, where if you pick that up, you'd then waste another two or three minutes at least on the clock with downs. It's just execution, and hopefully it's just a get over week one I think it's just the way that it happened. It feels a lot more um, altered than it probably does. But yeah, Buffalo next week, there's nothing to say we don't completely bounce back from it. It's just Titans fans are already against Downing and now they're heavily against Downing. It's not a good feeling. Whereas I think when we lost to Arizona last year, it was almost like we weren't that upset by it. You could have seen it coming. Yeah, the way it happened wasn't great. But whereas this year, I think there was already pressure and now it's just a lot of added pressure. I think it, it, it almost every way it's a very different defeat like Arizona defeat we were annihilated by a really good team who made our offensive line look woeful that day mm -hmm. and this felt different it, this felt so like we are 
are clearly a better football team than the Giants, but just couldn't couldn't get couldn't get it done. Um, I mean, other, other a lot of the questions are on the same sort of lines, to be honest. Mark Lapping, what happened to Austin Hooper? Two targets on sixty percent of snaps. You know, same same thing. Um, why is why is Jeff Swain getting more targets than Burks and Woods? Greg also asked, I missed this. Why haven't we retired number six yet? I mean, just waiting for the right occasion. This sound, I would, I would think there. He'll be back. <laughs> he might be. By the way, we've just, we've, I don't want to get into the punter thing too much. Um, I don't know. I'm still, uh, Ryan Stonehouse, he's got a leg, but too many, like a 65-yard bomb that gets returned 20 yards because the coverage can't get down there in time isn't any better than an accurate 55, 50-yard punt. It's the classic, he has length but not width. Wait, I don't know if we're into yeah. humble brag mode or humble brag. Uh, but no, he can he can boom it down there, but he doesn't get enough air on it. Like you said, it's a very different technique to what we're probably wanting. You, you want it where if he catches it from 65 yards, he's got people in his face. But it's something that I'm sure they can probably work on. And if he doesn't, then hopefully Kern doesn't get picked up by then. But I think he'll be fine. It's just... It's just one of them things where you've got to understand that you're probably used to different special teams and the, the way they run stuff. But I agree. He needs to get a bit more elevation on it so it gets, gives us time to get down there. Okay. Um, Todd, Todd Downing, are they, this, until we have a really good offensive game with great play calling, um, this, this is just going to be hanging over him. And the fan base, Titans Twitter, are you know, hashtag... Fire Todd, Drown- Todd, Todd Drowning. <laughs> Todd, Todd Downing. Uh, oh, hashtag he's drowning. <laughs> Currently, I'd rather have Stuart Downing. <laughs> I was, yeah, until until he could turn something around, that's going to be yeah, that's going to be hanging over his head. Um, logically, though, it would be insanity to fire your offensive coordinator after week one, right? Well, the thing is, though. I mean, obviously, there's the, the sort of spectre of Tim Kelly hanging around in the background, which we haven't really discussed, because they, they tried to interview Kelly before they actually promoted Downing and, and were refused by Houston, and, and now he's in the building as passing game coordinator. For me, that, that just screams that the, there is doubt in Vrabel's mind and Robinson's mind about Downing. It's like a security blanket. Does. I mean, it, it feels a bit like it's it's a bit like these football clubs that fire their managers in September now, and as if that's an acceptable thing to do. Like, get rid of them in the summer if if that's if that's how you see things. We've seen a year of of Todd Downing. We haven't particularly been impressed. Let's let's be frank. And but the, we haven't made that decision in the summer, the off season. We've stuck with him, and it maybe if Kelly's waiting in the wings, it's possible to do it now but I mean they're, they're not going to do it this week they're not going to do it realistically it's not going to happen I suspect it's an I mean, end of season thing isn't it Kelly's record's pretty solid really I mean he's had four years in Houston with some bad quarterbacks and some ropey rosters to be honest and you know they always seem to be competitive and they always seem to score points so I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world I think I can't see beyond the fact that he is a security blanket and it and it just he adds more more sort of fuel to the the fire of, of Downing being not trusted and 
not particularly good. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I would like this to happen. I just don't think it will. Um, yeah. Ha- Harry, were you? Do you agree? Do you think it's likely? Do you think it's possible? I think the, the potential is actually bigger than we expect, purely because he's already in house, I and mean, there's already that person that is in house. If there wasn't anyone there, then all right, fair enough. We're just going to deal with it and, and get on with it. But if he has a stink against the bills and then a stink until the buy, maybe they make a change in the buy or something like that. And that's where that opportunity comes because it's not like it'll be a different system, particularly language would be the same and everything like that. So if there was a chance, if there was a chance, at least they've got the person that they would preferred a, a year ago, albeit a year and a half late when the season's probably already over if we're making that move. And, and unfortunately, that's what it would be if we're making that move this season and, and playoff hopes are, are long gone or getting closer to being gone. Well, you're making me feel more optimistic that this could actually happen. I like this. I wonder, I mean, I wonder if like, uh, is down his actual offensive system and the, and the players themselves, it's, it's just the way he coaches the game. Yeah. You know, a, a bit of more experienced player caller running the exact same offense might be really good, but it's just down in the way he calls games and, and the, the, the way he distributes the ball and the way he overthinks things and how conservative he is. is something that is, for me, hard to lose, hard to shake. One thing I noticed was that Tannehill was changing plays at the line a lot, or, or maybe not changing the play completely, but shifting the protection or flipping it. And the... The commentary who um, Mark Mark Sanchez. This is this is a weird tangent, by the way. Uh, I can't remember who the play-by-play guy was, but Mark Sanchez. I haven't really heard much on commentary before. We don't normally get Fox cover the Titans, obviously. Um, I thought it was excellent. It's just picking up a lot of these things, just saying, yeah. hearing hearing some of the audibles. Oh, okay, he spotted this. This is what he's trying to do. Um, I thought he added a huge amount to the coverage. Um, but th- this is this was sort of thing that seemed to be. Maybe he was he meant that we noticed it more, but it seems to be happening a lot. So I don't know if the play calling was even worse before Tannehill was changing it, or if this is Tannehill taking a bit more responsibility. I'm, I'm not sure what we can read into that, if, if anything. But maybe some of maybe some of it's on him. He's, if he's changing things at the line a bit more, I don't know. But other than I mean, it's Stuart Downing. It's, it's Todd Downing. He's not drowning. It's Todd <laughs> Downing is the guy's name. <clears throat> Excuse me. Other than other than his involvement, there are other things that contributed to to this debacle. Um, Jerome Boger. I know it feels. I know you've got to overcome these things. I don't think the guy's biased. I don't think the crew are biased. I just think they're a bad crew. They always have been. Um, and I reckon there are about four calls that were egregious that seemed to go against us. Arguably one that we got away with. Uh, but there's that, that. There was a PI on Trailer Burks where he's rugby tackled while the ball's in the air. I don't know how you how you don't throw a flag there. There was a roughing the passer on Tannehill not called on a, on a third down in the red zone. There was the hold on the two-point conversion. So Danico Autry would have been able to make that play. That change that changes the result instantly. Uh, there was something else. Twelve men on the field apparently, as, as well that he missed. Um, 
it feels like I'm clutching straws and making excuses, but that's another thing. If you change that crew, I think you've probably got a different result. I don't know, have the, yeah, just the venting really. I don't have any answers here. Um, Miles, is it, other than hoping we, we don't get Boga again, is there anything we can we can do about this? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spent too much time supporting the lower league football team and knowing that referees are very much, um, very hit and miss, shall we say. So I've often said that a referee doesn't change a game. Um, and that's in, engraved in my head because, I mean, the rugby tackle is exactly what I said. It's a rugby, it's an, it's an awful miss. Like, and it's a play that would have been huge. And again, it's game changing. Um is that the reason we lost the game? No, we we lost the game because of play calling and other things. But for such a multi-billion pound industry to have that quality of officiating is pretty disappointing, to be honest. It's and it's not the first time Bogus done it, and it won't be the last time he's done it. He he is he's just not good enough. But it might be a very similar situation to what we have in the UK, where there's just not that many qualified refs that can do it who, he, I, I mean, I've always loved the idea with, with soccer, with football, um, that you get ex-players to start reffing the game because they actually understand it. And I think it's one thing to be able to see it and call a play, and it's another thing to know how your body moves and how different people are reacting. And it's, some of the plays were just so obvious that it does come down to a bit of experience. And Boga's experience, just not when it, he's just experienced in making bad calls. Rather than being experienced yeah, and actually being a good ref. So it's it's almost like if you don't if you don't teach them what's right, then it's never going to change, and you just accept it. And I again, that's just engraved in my head through years of bad refereeing. But it's disappointing. But again, yeah, it it wasn't the reason we lost. There were other reasons why we lost. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty unacceptable for such a for such a huge industry. The other thing that I want to touch on, and it's coaching, I mean, this is probably on my brable, um, but the the 50-second drill, it wasn't a two-minute drill, but after the Giants got the, the two-point conversion and we had a minute or so to get that, I think it was so to get down the field, enough time anyway to get in the field range. Fine, if you don't execute your plays or you don't convert, you get stopped on fourth down. These things happen. We're already in a back-to-the-wall position at that point. but. There was an absolutely gorgeous throw from Tannehill to Carl Phillips. Hooper, who, by the way, other than Buck Hunt, was excellent. And just an, just what you want from your, your quarterback in those moments. And we're, I think that put the ball on some, somewhere between the 30 and the 35-yard line, something like that, <laughs> with enough time to maybe get another 5, 10 yards. Instead, we managed to clock, clock appallingly, ended up running this play to stick it on the right hash mark, which in itself lost about four yards. Now, yeah, Randy missed that kick. Fine. Uh, he pulled the kick a bit, but you could get him, get him a bit closer. Hey, make it more likely that, that you can you can execute. Now, I can't, I'm not going to, some of, I've seen people blaming Randy Bullock for the loss, which is ridiculous. Got to give him, you've got to give him the best chance to make that game winning field goal. Fine if it's desperation and it's one second left on the clock and that's where you are and you've got to attempt a long field goal. Fine, but we weren't. We blew that a bit. I, I mean, I 
shout if anybody disagrees, but I'm not concerned about, unusually, I'm not particularly concerned about our kicker situation. I think he's won more games. Than he's I don't even think he's that fat Randy anymore. You can see he's lost a bit of timber. So I saw on Twitter when he kicked his first one, it was like big Randy scored. And I was there like, Tennessee is a bit big now. He's lost a bit of band. No, I'm 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 Does fairly comfortable. Do you know what? I didn't want to say it, but your balance will be different. It's a fact. No. Um I feel in it's I'm convinced I'm convinced of the balance thing. If Chris Waddle never shaved his mullet off, he wouldn't miss that penalty <laughs> in Italian 90. I was about to say in Randy we trust, which is a really strange uh, expression, which <laughs> I'm sure one day will be tattooed on my body somewhere. No, uh, listen. The kick was a difficult kick. It was. It wasn't a gimme. It wasn't. And um, I mean, over over the last weekend, I think all the kickers seemed to be aiming a little bit left because it was a it was a bad week for kickers across the NFL. But I agree with you. Uh, you're meant to set up the kicker to be in the best position to score. Kick, and he it was just poorly executed. I, I mean, like you said, when when they were Tannehill was doing his knee to get on the hash mark. He did basically turn around and lose four yards. And it's like, these are just really basic things that you should be able to do. You've got yourself in an right position. Try another play, a little one to the sideline. If it's not on the hash mark, but you gain another five yards rather than losing four, that's like almost a nine, ten yard difference. And that's the difference between making a kick or not. Granted, they prefer to potentially kick on one side to the other. But if he's a bit closer, that ball doesn't skew to the left in time and it's free. No, it, 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 then, because we'd blow, we'd already blown that last time out by it, letting the clock run out, by which we did, which was unnecessary. There just seemed, yeah, too, too much dithering, no authority about what needed to be done there. And anybody who's played Madden has that sort of idea of, of what to do. But, but there we are. Before we move on from the Sunday, uh, I'd like each of you to give me something optimistic that you took from it which I haven't mentioned already. I've, I've just mentioned Carl Phillips. Neil, give me some give me uh something else to be to be positive about. I think Tannehill, to be honest, because I Yeah, yeah. I mean he weren't under pressure as such for a couple of early interceptions or a couple of early missed throws and, and it could have been like a line of conversation or a topic of conversation. But it was just generally quite solid. And uh, like you say, the, the throw to Kyle Phillips to set the field goal that was was a beauty. Um which is like we've we've seen that so many times from him and, and he never gets credit for those type of throws as much as he should really. So I, I just think the fact that we're not talking about Malik Willis at all after a defeat is a really positive thing. Yeah, it's different. We were talking about Todd Downing instead. It'll flip. We, we, Bob Malik will is by week four, I'm sure. Um, Harry, give us a, another name that we should be happy about. Oh, well, Big Jeff was, was obviously massive for us. Um, just looked unreal. Um, Simmons, the whole whole game, just looked like an absolute game wrecker and somebody that you really have to look out for as an offensive coordinator for another team. Um, and to really put a lot of the back on uh, a lot of the line on his back was was good to see so fingers crossed he continues and has an injury free season and everything like that because he looked yeah just like a proper game record like a Aaron Donald sort of type figure in in our D line which is something that we've desperately desperately missed yeah he's, he's got even better hasn't he <laughs> just looks looks absolutely incredible 
Um, Miles. Yeah, it's desperately sad that Landry's out for the season because the idea of Landry having the opportunities the way Simmons has started already is just, yeah, disappointing. But Jeff was unreal. Um, I actually think the interior of the line done okay, which I was a little bit worried about. Luan, I'm still a little bit unsure about, but um, I actually think in terms of the the line, there's Sean Pozzo, I think with what uh, Neil was saying with Tannehill, Tannehill did have time to throw. There was a bit of pressure towards the second half, but he had time to throw, which is a big positive going forward because in the past, Tannehill's been running for his life and getting sacked a lot. And if the interior can stay strong, uh, I mean, uh, Petit Fouet, or however we're saying his name, like he got that. on the field. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it'll be pronounced very differently by most people. Um, but that I, again, does, that it's... Does mean it's perfect. Yeah. But uh, I, I, think that was, I think that was positive. I think, I think in Bayard and Hooker, we have probably the arguably some of the best safety combinations in the league and if the if the cornerbacks can keep going like McCleary was then you never know it could be I, I think linebacker's an issue but everywhere else on defense I'm not worried whatsoever I think two two cornerbacks will emerge from that group I don't know which two at the moment but I do think two cornerbacks will emerge from that group and be really good it'd be interesting if McCreary, it's obviously very early days, but none of us expected that pick at the top of the second round of them. If he, if he came good, maybe in hindsight, that's yeah a reflection of how Farley Farley was looking. Um, they were aware of that. I, I don't know, but I think you're right. I mean, there's yeah, may, maybe a concern with Fulton that we didn't have before. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's week one. It's week one. There are going to be. I don't. I don't know. The, the execution doesn't worry me as much as the incompetent play calling. Yeah, I think we could go on about draft picks all all day long. I mean, Dylan Raddens were barely involved, but Petit Frere played quite well. So, you know, that's it's balancing itself out really. At least won that job. It would look like it was going yeah. to be Raddens. So yeah, good for him. Miles, can we beat Buffalo? Like like I said before, the most Titans thing in the world is that we do. Um, are they the favourites for the Super Bowl? Yes. Did they just beat the Super Bowl winners? Yes. Did they have arguably the best quarterback in the league? Yes. And there's so many things going for Buffalo that, you know, if 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 you were they just looking just at the... Up. They might just sort if, of... If you looked at the statistics and if you just looked at it on paper... The Bills are going to batter us. But because we're the Titans and we don't do things by the book, there's a very, not a very high chance, there's every chance we we get a result. Do I think it'll happen? Uh, no. Based on what I saw, um, what's just happened, we, we barely handled Daniel Jones and Saquon Barker. I think Josh Allen could cause us real trouble. But prove us wrong. Why not? Saquon, for what it's worth, I thought was excellent. Daniel Jones, not so much. I don't know how he can't control him. Anyway, Saquon does look back. Happy for Saquon. Yeah, yeah. No, agree. Agree with that. Uh, Harry, any chance? Any chance in Buffalo? Uh, Yeah, there's always chance. I mean, it's football. New York Giants should beat the Tennessee Titans. Um, But, yeah, no, there is... um, Why am I still jogging on them? Like, they beat us. Um, (laughs) No, they... (laughs) There is no chance. Of course there is. 
Um, I think we, we would need to bring our A game, um, get up early and then actually dictate by the run and not by anything too stupid, really. Hemi needs to be back on form. He probably didn't hit the heights that we would have liked him to this week just gone. I think he looked good, but not great. And that's what, what we need from him is to be a great running back and to bust a couple of runs wide open um, in this game and bust that actually target people who we pay the money to to, to be targeted. And um, whether that's Cooper or whether that's Woods, um, just to see them get involved in the game and, you know, to be stronger against the run, it's not Buffalo's main priority to run the ball they want to beat you in the air but you still need to be solid against the run and in that second half we just weren't and if we if we manage to control their run force them into you know longer third downs then we could be in business but I'm not feeling too optimistic and they're already dreading a Tuesday morning car take if I'm being honest with you but we'll see how we go. No, I'm not, we're not going to do score predictions or anything like that. Um, Neil what are your thoughts before we before we move away from Titans related stuff? I think, to be honest, is there more chance of us beating Buffalo after losing week one than there would be if we'd have won week one? Yeah, I actually think there is. Because I think in in, in the image of Mike Vrabel, this team is quite resilient. Might not always be the most talented team, but they are quite resilient and, and have shown an ability to bounce back in the past. But I just don't think this team's as talented as last two or three years. And I think ultimately to win football games, you you do need that that sort of game breaking, game changing talent. So it'd be nice if one of them would show up. I think that if Buffalo have an off day, there's there's a, there's a chance. Of course, there is, but I think we need them to. They're a better football team than we are. That's the bottom yeah. line. And there there'll almost certainly be fewer mistakes. Bets. I mean, we, yeah, we might go up there and. Absolutely fed. Who knows? But I suspect it will be cleaner because that's that's what Rabel brings. He won't accept that two weeks on the bounce. No, I don't think we'll get blown out. But if we do, I think there'll be trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, any any final thoughts on on Titans related stuff? Um, it's sort of 40, 45 minutes of a, a post mortem, really. Um, we should we should probably get away from it. Um, yeah, Harry, what's been going on with you? Yeah, quite a bit. I'm, I'm off this week, which is quite nice. Um, so just sort of relaxing and looking after the boy, which is always nice. And um, being able to dress him up in a bit of Titans gear on Sunday, which was a massive bonus what as well. Picture. What a picture. His smiley face in, the, in his Titans gear. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. Um, Mum did quickly cover it up afterwards with a sleeping suit, but, you know, we had it out for a few minutes, so I'll, I'll take that. Early early starts to begin with. Um, not, not a big fan of the two-tone blue um, is AIM, but we're, uh, we're, we're working on it slowly but surely. Uh, is that just but yeah, so a fashion that, thing? Yeah, pure, purely fashion. Purely fashion. Yeah, purely fashion. It could be, it could be like the Packers or Orange or Bronco. Yeah, no, 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 right? no idea about um, yeah, nothing. I no idea about any American football. How good we are, how bad we are. But just uh, was not a fan of of uh, most of the t- Tennessee Titans stuff that we've got. But we are making do, and we're slowly but surely introducing it into the household. 
So uh, it won't be long until we explain around the football and everything's fine. So we'll, we'll see how we go. I say that now with such confidence. Check back in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, no, everything else is grand. Um, my non-Titans related was just about like, it's really stupid, but when you're going down a cul-de-sac and you expect there to be a turning circle at the end of said cul-de-sac and there isn't one, so then you have to do the awkward reverse all the way down the street again. Just does my head in. Um, every little cul-de-sac should have a turning circle as by law, um, which I've just found out that the house... How cul-de-sacs are you going driving down? What? No. Just, um, just yeah, so we... Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, just to find cul-de-sacs on Google Maps and find out whether they have a turning circle or not is uh, what I spend most of my time and fuel money on, apparently. Um, but no, it's... Uh, the, we've just put an offer on a house and have it accepted in that road doesn't have a turning circle so i can already feel that being a slight tension for the next little while but it'll be fine it's only a short one so i don't have to do too much moving about instantly made me think of austin powers sorry i know your dad wants his re- <laughs> your dad your dad wants his reference back for any of uh, his younger <laughs> listeners but <laughs> no, that, that's the perfect reference so what are you talking about <laughs> um Neil, non-Titans related. It's been a, been a while since you've been on, so... I mean, we, we, we've obviously got to discuss this Centre Parks thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it today. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> obviously, uh, as, as people might know, the, the Queen's passed away. Um, Actually, what? Yeah, <laughs> in England, Britain. So, you know, rest in peace and all that, all that sort of stuff. But um, what's happened is there's a, a, a holiday lodge place in England called Centre Parks. Um, and they have decided in the, their infinite wisdom to shut entirely for the day of the funeral, meaning if somebody's halfway through their holiday, you have to find alternative co- accommodation for one night and then go back to Centre Parks the, the day after <laughs> for a, a whopping 30% discount. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's It's not just them, is it? There's some strange reaction to this stuff don't don't get don't get me wrong her majesty the queen passing away is enormous and it, it's i don't want to get into debating the monarchy or anything like that but it, she's been like how, however you see it she's been part of this country or our entire lives anybody who is 70 or under their entire lives which is quite incredible really it, feel, it felt like it Oh, a shock um, hearing, hearing that hearing that news and it's quite seismic but come on like get a grip how i mean, I mean if if it's it's about it's going to be a bank holiday in the uk and um, day of the, the funeral and yeah i'm sure a lot of people will watch coverage of it and, and so on but hospitality doing something like that it just feels a bit I mean, I saw one woman tweet saying she lived four hours away. So she, she, it would have been third, yeah. yeah, third day of holiday, four hours, four hours drive home to stop home for one night to then drive back four hours and continue an holiday that she had booked for like eighteen months. I mean, I don't think they open at Christmas, yeah. Easter, every other holiday. I'm not sure anybody with um, half a brain would have any problem with being at Centre Parks that day and I'm shutting down all their activities and stuff like that and, and maybe screening the funeral in the bars or whatever. 
yeah, I don't yeah. think anybody would complain at that or have an issue with that whatsoever. But let them use their accommodation. How draconian do we need to get? Yeah. Seems crazy. Yeah. It, well, it, it, it seems crazy, but it, it is actually real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, like I, I get some misjudgments with this sort of stuff. We've never gone through it in our lifetimes. That isn't a surprise, but that is just absolute madness. Um, and there have been a few other things. Like, I don't know. Yeah, sport like going, uh, sport going ahead or not going ahead. And like uh, condolences from like National Kebab Awards and <laughs> Jim's, Jim's Dildo Emporium. And <laughs> Everybody, everybody's got to film themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah. Their own flowers, don't they? But... Yeah, and I suppose things like that do create a nice bit of levity. They're not necessarily disrespectful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just uh, like obviously morning's become a competitive sport and, and, and what's happened to, to Queen Blesser has sort of magnified it all. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't really brought out the best in, in people no, in certain no. places, has it? Uh, yeah. Um, Miles, non-Titans related. Yeah, I actually think that the Queen's pretty selfish at the funerals on the Monday, not the Tuesday, because I thought I'd be able to watch the Titans game and have a lie-in, but instead no, I've I got thought, a... I thought that. I thought the same... Well, not literally that, but... Let's go and bank holiday after NFL on Sunday. Oh, no, we're playing Monday night. Still got work on I know, Tuesday. so, I mean, right. I, I, can, I, can watch, I can watch all the uh, Sunday games and have a bit of a lie-in while, I, I don't know... I don't know if you saw, like, in in, in first couple of days of coverage, there were two... A young couple with Buffalo Bills shirts stood outside Buckingham Palace. Oh, the, so, I mean, I'm sure, sure American a, listeners love the Queen more than the English. Oh, she, uh, she was devastated when Stockport versus Tranmere got called off last Friday because they decided <laughs> not to go ahead because of it, I'm sure. Um, now, following on from Harry's mention of um, his little one with, with fashion, I, I, I thought, you know, life's been going all right, but fashion's annoying me a little bit. So I don't, I, I can show how my life's going that I'm upset by a bit of fashion, but I've just got a really big issue with people that don't wear uh, socks or shoes, especially in suits. Um, and it's become a trend that's actually spread to high schools that I'm working in. I've seen a couple of kids school uniform and they haven't got socks on and I'm like, it, it hurts my insides deeply. And uh, their parents are probably gone, yeah, that's very fine, because their parents are probably fine with it, and I just think it, it looks awful, and I just don't get it. I just, um, just think your shoes were bra. To me, I just think about the blisters and stuff, and it just hurts thinking about it. Uh, the second one might be a bit more, I'd say controversial, because I think more people probably actually do it, but I have a big issue with people that wear shorts that are lower than their knees, but in between what a three-quarter length short would be. And that might sound like a really weird thing to explain, but the the length is almost like six six eighths rather than I don't know that no because that'd be three quarter length so that don't make sense. Um, but it's where it's where I don't know I have an issue with people that wear shorts that are really long but aren't three quarters. But so really <laughs> fashion really I know again I just thought you know I'm hoping loads of people tweet me from America because it's probably something they love, but it's just not right. So yeah socks socks with suits and then. Wearing shorts that are too long for shorts, but not long enough for three quarters. And if that's not niche enough for you, then I don't know what you want. Do, do you know what? Oh, I end it there because I, I, 
I could talk about cyclists cycling up the pavement or something, but I don't <laughs> think we need it. I think that, that's that's the perfect way to, to round this off. Some very niche fashion opinions from Mars Tarry. That's where we're at. If you've listened to this much into the podcast, you know what you Yeah, good to good to catch up. Hopefully, we'll have a, a more optimistic mood next week. It might be another defeat and being more optimistic as well at the same time. I can see that being very possible, but we we will see. Enjoy enjoy the bank holiday unless you've got centre parts booked. And hopefully enjoy <laughs> Monday night football. We we will chat next week. Tighten up, everyone. Tighten up. Tighten up.